Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome to Hoovering, the podcast about eating. I'm Jessica Bostecu. I love eating as much as anything else in the world, but also it sometimes brings me conflict, shame, and all sorts of other things that are rubbish. It's complicated and I think fascinating. This is a conversation with an interesting soul, not just about food, but about gobbling it up, or if you will, hoovering. Hello there. This week I'm at the lovely Aberystwyth Comedy Festival talking to the brilliantly funny and excellently lovely comedian Mark Watson. First though, it's Hoovering Live this weekend in Manchester. That's Sunday the 13th of October. It's on 2 till 4 in the afternoon. It's going to be so good. I've got um, the amazingly funny and I I couldn't love her more, comedian Amy Gledhill coming. She's so good. She's part of Delightful Sausage, the double act that got nominated for the Dave Comedy Award, the big main one in Edinburgh for Best Show this year. And also we've got ex-Chumbawamba star and now a highly acclaimed screenwriter and playwright Alice Nutter. And maybe one more superstar to be confirmed soon. We're still waiting to hear. I would love to see you at that. If you'd like to come to live shows and like discount tickets to those, why don't you become my patron? You can go to patreon.com forward slash the hoovering pod and see all the stuff like extra content, discount tickets, all sorts of stuff that I swap in exchange for your pennies if you have any spare ones. Right, let's get into this podcast. I met to eat some really lovely chips from a very futuristic sounding but truly delicious place called Chip Box 4. I met Mark Watson right next to the beach, so do excuse or even go so far as to enjoy the sound of the waves crashing alongside our conversation. So hopefully you can hear us. Well, I'm sat with Mark Watson on the beach, not quite on the beach, on a bench 
next to the sea that you can hear in Aberystwyth because there's a comedy festival here. Thanks for doing this, Mark. How are oh, you? Oh, it's a pleasure. I mean, so far all I've done is eaten chips, really, and a Yay. bit of a pie. I'm um, good, yeah. It's quite um, dramatic here, isn't it? Quite yeah. big waves. It's very pretty here. Very beautiful, very moody. Just like any sort of bit of British seaside, really. But yeah. also, so we've got fish and chips, or you've got a pie and chips. From I've just now realised a fish and chip show I can't pronounce. Yeah. It's B-L-W-C-H, Sklodion Fish and Chips. It's or, a big ask, isn't it? Yeah. I think the best place to say it is um, <laughs> if you're in Aberystwyth, look for a pink place, and it's that. Yeah, yeah, it? we're at the pink fish and chip shop opposite the um, pier, mm. which we've been recommended is the best chips here. Yeah, the chips are lovely. The chips are so lovely. I quite often, I love a pie, so I will normally have a pie in a chippy, but... Um, but do you like fish? Yeah, I actually do. Yeah, yeah. and I bet that's nice as well, but I just mm. couldn't resist um, something about a little pie in a, in a wrapper like this. It really yeah, does it for me. Um, it's very comforting, isn't it? But you've got thing. to sort of a, get into it with your fork. It's, it's not as transportable as um. No, it's hard other. to eat, isn't it? Yeah, but... Um, you've got to... just got to get involved. We've got yeah. little wooden forks. We mm. bought a spare each. I think that's. I feel guilty sometimes, but um, it's wood, isn't it? So it's fine. That's not even shit for the planet. No, I think that's all right. It's probably worse for the planet than we're eating. Um, oh yeah. Fish and, and my fish is even all right, isn't it? Unless um, you overfish certain ones. Yeah, I probably am eating a fish that's very overfished. I mean, probably. Pie is definitely not. I mean, red that's meat. That's overfished. I'm trying to. Yeah, Beef's is, overfished. That hasn't. Oh, they fish the hell out of beef. You hardly see it in the <laughs> sea these days. I'm trying to cut down on red meat because, um, for loads of reasons, really, yeah. but largely my health and the health of the planet. Mm. But um, again, a beef and onion pie is just really. Yeah. It really is a satisfying experience. Also, I think cutting down is great. It doesn't mean you have to never have things. No. There's a pigeon with us. The pigeon's very interesting. Must just be into the podcast. It's got a funny walk. You should be lucky that you live by the seaside pigeon. Still got both your feet, but that is a hobbly walk. It's really joining in. It is, it's going to peck the wires of the recorder. I wouldn't be too surprised. He's after either a chip or a wire. Roy just wants to listen to the, the yeah, podcast. Yeah, actually, that's true. Do you know what? Could just be a lovely fan. You shouldn't dismiss your audience, yeah. Fan. Um, so somewhere near the top of this podcast, usually I ask if you've eaten anything particularly memorably good or bad in the last few weeks. Hmm. Anything brilliant or shit? Well, let me think. As I say, uh, I'm um, on this um, campaign to um, gradually cut down red right. meat and stuff. So I've been eating things that I wouldn't normally like. Oh. Like uh, trying to get away with aubergine instead of meat, this sort of business. Yeah. I make, I've been making... I'm signed up to one of these things. My girlfriend and I are signed up to one of these things where you... They send you the ingredients and oh, like tell you. Oh, like Gusto or one of those. Yes, it's called Mindful Chef. Oh, but nice. It, it's, it's, it allows people like me that are shit at cooking to yeah. feel as if you are cooking, even though really yeah. you just have to chuck loads of ingredients in the thing. It's not. You still have to chop it up though and follow yeah. the recipe. They just send you the exact exactly. ingredients. They're so you really get the good. kudos of having prepared it, mm. but you don't have to do stuff like measuring the amount or, for that matter, finding the things in a supermarket. That's so true. Um, oh, we went to. Um, yeah, the most memorable thing I've eaten in, in the past weeks is we went to Croatia. Oh, wow. Which is Dubrovnik, really nice, really beautiful. Wow. Um, stunning sort of old walled city. with all, And there's a fancy restaurant we went to on the last night um, with a tasting menu. I'm a real oh, sucker for that sort wow. of thing. 
talking you through all of the courses, the yes. story of it, all this absolute nonsense. Like, but, but lovely nonsense. Yeah. We all, I love the pantomime of it. The theatre of it's so fun, it's isn't it? Really fun. The, and was it all really yummy? Was there anything a bit like? I always it, find there's one course. Not that I've been on loads of those. There's there'll always no, one done course. It a few where times. I think oh, you you pushed it here. It was mostly. Um, I chose the option, which was the sort of greatest hits tasting menu, oh, basically. Nice. So I probably missed out on yeah. the ones the chef had done where he was like, oh, that was rough. That was shit. That's true. <laughs> um, it, is, um, it was one of these like super minimalist setups where yeah. the menu literally just said, like, course one, carrot, course two, duck, course three, that's yeah. it. And you think, I mean, I hope there is a bit more to it than that. <laughs> I imagine there was, though, was there? Yeah, although every time I've ever done one of these, um, which isn't many times, but every time I've done a tasting menu, there's the first couple of courses you do think, this just this can't be it. This, and yeah. by the end of it, you are, you have, you've had it. You can't yeah. keep going. Can't it's keep it's going. amazing so how much food. they pack so much density of yeah. um, flavour. And I do love it. I don't know much about it. I'm not a, much of a gourmet, or, but um, I love I like the experience of it, a proper six or seven courses. I nearly always choose it if there's an option yeah. to have a tasty menu. Except, as you say, often you will be landed, like, course number four will come along and you'll, you like, think, well, this, this wouldn't have made... If this was on the menu to pay for, you wouldn't get away with this. <gasps> I, um, I remember going somewhere. I can't remember the name of it. And at the time, it was quite new, and I think it's still around. I'll look it up and put it in the podcast notes. But there, it was all incredible, apart from, like, all the waiting stuff, like, all in black. And, and they brought you the bread at the beginning in a brown paper bag, which felt very masturbatory. And God, then yeah. Normally, a... if something comes in an unmarked bag like that, in yeah. bread. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, they're, they're giving us... Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a severed hand. Is this for... A... Yeah. Before or during the meal? Or... <laughs> but they... Um, but also, there was a course called, like, Aloe and Alioli or something, and it was just, like... 18 different smears or foams or dollops all based around onion and garlic as mm. flavours and um, yeah I mean onion and garlic are fine but it was like fuck me by the end of all of the splats and scrapes yeah. it's like come on mate like this is I get it like it feels like a, a show off a showing off of technique over yeah. and above anything that's actually going to cause an eater pleasure we once went to the fat duck oh um, wow was that good which was because it's um, my friend Corey, yeah. who's a sort of a comedy, uh, a person of many parts, but she, it was yeah. her dream to go there because oh, wow. she is a real foodie and yeah. um, fan of restaurants and knows about like famous chefs and all this sort of business. Really? So about three years ago, we managed to get a slot and took her. Oh, and wow. um, that, uh, that really is like, you're there for absolutely ages. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> and it's... It's not just like talking about it as theatre is, mm. is accurate in that case. They literally, your waiter is called a storyteller or something like that. Oh my god! And there's a theme to it and a wow. narrative, which unfortunately, which is, I mean, it's not much of a narrative, but it was something like I think it was, it was based around a family holiday. Okay. So it's like you get up, you want to, you can have a big breakfast before you leave, and then they serve this. Came out of a cereal box, and it was a cereal, but the cereal taste. When you poured the milk on it, it tasted of a full English breakfast. All this sort oh of wizardry. Oh my god! Um, uh, there was a sort of some sort of course where you he brought out a vat of liquid nitrogen and poured all you know stuff where you think I hope this 
works because it looks like you might it might blow up otherwise <laughs> um, but yeah in even in the middle of that as you're starting to tire a bit there's one course that was I remember there was about five courses in there was a course which was a three course meal and that was the actual meal but by now you'd already been battered with um, oh, food God. and stuff and then towards the end of it there was some sort of dessert which again was poured into a bowl and it was like there was real kind of artistry to it but when you had it it was yeah. basically just milk it was just like it was just like a bowl of milk oh, and by God. that point you already felt as if you wouldn't ever be able to eat again in your life so um <laughs> and yeah even with that even in that rarefied atmosphere you did sort of think oh Heston's taking the piss a bit here um, yeah but it was that same thing of um and it, it's sort of amazing as an experience and slightly horrifying at the same time because you're aware that you're participating in something which is the ultimate in being spoiled like the yeah. needless extravagance of it we stayed at um, my friend Cory's aunt's house Amazing. afterwards because she lived nearby and we couldn't really move very far <laughs> and, just um, rolled there and she'd um, just bought this she's the sort of aunt or the sort of uh, older relative you get who is enormously suspicious of any meal or anything that costs more than like two pounds understandably so she just got like a cauliflower from Lidl or something she was like she listened to the description of things we'd been eating and I said well this cost I got this for 75p tonight and I could, <laughs> I could make you a meal out of this I'm like, yeah I, I know that's right we are dicks yeah. we, we, we know we're awful I had a friend that went to who'd wanted to go to the Fat Duck for her whole life and saved up and waited and got on the list and stuff and then eventually went and they did have an amazing time much like you were saying like it's a whole day out really mm. um, but they made the very dick mistake of um, saying yes to the wine tasting menu to go with the tasting oh. menu no no they didn't they said no 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 we won't you know we just can't afford that this is like a massive treat or whatever they said yes to so they just had a glass of wine each and then they said yes to a dessert wine and um it, the dessert wines were something like 100 quid, another 100 quid. Yeah, that's the trouble. Um, Whoa. That is, I mean, you just... Anything that's not included already in the price, you've got to keep a real price. eye on that. Yeah. Because you just choose a wine at random from the menu, it might be four and a half grand and you wouldn't know. I yeah. had, um, and on the, like, knowing that you're living a... You know, checking your fucking privilege to the extent that it can ruin the thing, mm. or at least ruin the memory of it immediately when yeah. the aunt gets the it, very impressive cauliflower out. But my friend, um, I was in a play in July, and my friend uh, came to watch them, and I'd take you for dinner afterwards on Upper Street. And it wasn't, she's very successful, and it wasn't somewhere I'd have picked for like dinner to go at half nine, you know. Mm. But um, it was it's like, a it's funny amazing. feeling when you realise yeah. that someone's idea of a casual bite yeah. afterwards is not the same <laughs> so as you. Fuck me. Actually, but it was on her, and it was very sweet of her. But um, yeah, in this amazing seafood place on Upper Street. But because it's Upper Street, um, yeah, you're, you, you've got this fucking tray of oysters, and you're having the time of your life, but. It's literally under five minutes between intervals of uh, someone without anywhere to live coming past and asking just for change, and you're like, I just feel disgusted. Yeah. You're, I'm like waving my privilege in your... It's weird, <laughs> isn't it? Anytime you have a you know, fancy it. meal, it does obviously come into your mind that yeah. if, you're, if, you're, if you've got any sort of conscience about you that it wasn't necessary to spend that much yeah. on food. So I suppose you just rationalise it by thinking, yeah, but all of us are spending money constantly which other people exactly wouldn't spend so they don't have it so at some point you have to allow yourself to enjoy life. something yeah life. absolutely yeah. and also it I doesn't think mean it you is, can't be supportive of people all, exactly know. yeah it is all really uh, it's just all about context isn't it and relevance the yeah. sun's come out and really shining in our eyes and it's really lovely but also it means that more people are walking past and staring at yeah. us yeah I like it yeah, I don't mind it I like it we wouldn't be comedians if we didn't want to be stared at a bit I think both um, of us <laughs> are at the level where 
a bit of attention is nice because yeah, we don't we're not overloaded nice. with it. Oh, if anything, still not enough, really. Yeah. <laughs> From Why has no one said, "Oh wow, are you recording a cult <laughs> podcast?" Yeah. <laughs> oh, is it the Hoovering podcast? No, never heard of it. They've never heard of it. Talk to me about eating as a comedian. Do you? Um, I think there's two ways it can go. It's either like, or maybe a bit of both, but people seem to either say like, yeah, lot of pasties, or actually, no, lots of daytimes at home doing loads of cooking. Well, I'm, I'm towards the end of an um, immensely long um, tour, long tour yeah. and um, it does have quite a big impact on your um, diet, not yeah. least because, as everyone knows, you're constantly on stage at exactly what you would normally think of yeah, as dinner time. Yeah, so true. Um, but I've been touring for long enough that I've evolved sort of systems, and I've got what? a um, girlfriend, stroke producer, and tour manager. My like the three of us as a unit are all yeah. quite committed to eating r- really nice food because, oh, um, like with any other aspect of touring, it can either drag you down or if you make it into a challenge. Like, what are the best places we can find to eat? Not even in terms of yeah. expense or quality, just. What will make it not? What will be something you look forward well, no, to? Yeah. What do we really want? Yeah, rather than absolutely. Because sometimes coming that out will be gig. fish and chips, and sometimes it will be actually. It's been two months. It's going really well. Shall we go somewhere with the taster menu? Exactly. Yeah. And so we have had some lovely meals on this, uh, or even not even lovely. Uh, in terms of high end, but just yeah, yeah, really yeah. satisfying. Like, great. For example, you can. I mean, I love curry. I love Indian food. Me too. But if you're on tour and you just like come out of the theatre. at... 10 o'clock and throw yourself at the mercy of a curry house then yeah. 24 of those in a row and, and you, you do start to feel whereas if you do a bit of research and yeah. I'm, I'm now quite good at ringing places and saying like it says 10 o'clock on your website if we're in there at 1 minute to 10 can we order this sort of yeah, thing because yeah, that yeah. that's where touring can get you down yeah. you rely on Google mm-hmm. and the place appears to be open every comedian's had this experience yeah. and you get there and they're either they're shut and the website was a lie or well, they're oh. technically open but they're furious with you for coming oh, in oh god and then like, you're r- so rushed which is like yeah. there's nothing worse than trying to throw a curry in at a pace it, that's it's, it's not the sort of it's not the sort of food you want no. to be done and dusted also, within 20 do you know years. what I think a curry might be the saddest thing I've ever eaten on my own in a hotel room yeah. <laughs> it's not eat on your own in a hotel food is it no you, you can't, have to you sit can't really, really for one of them it's almost the only food that you'd feel really sad if you eat, yeah. for how delicious it is you don't want to be taking it out of the rack. You don't want, them like, to be you don't want it, it fresh out you. of the tin foil. There's pretty no. much everything else I'll happily even Chinese take away everything. I'll yeah. Out of the packaging. But something about and a curry is meant to be an experience, even if yeah. it's a, a slightly sort of crappy experience. You, you, you <laughs> want to eat in the restaurant with it, don't you? you it's so true. Partly because the ritual of the, the bringing out the poppadoms, the yeah, dipping the naan bread in the yeah. sauce, someone else's sauce, all this business to try it. If you're on your own, unless you put Indian music on your Unless you put a sitar on your iPhone Oh, God, that's so true, actually. Something. You could right. you could order Siri to um, play you some sitar I reckon that would be still sadder if and you tried to construct the experience <laughs> of an Indian restaurant in a hotel room. And you could open your computer at the same time and ask that if it had a way of playing you some background chatter. Yeah. And, um, I'm making it more depressing, aren't I? You could download one of the massive menus that they have in Indian restaurants and like, <laughs> pretend to be ordering it. <laughs> ask the room service people if they would bring it up to you. It hasn't got it on here, but do you do secaloo? Yeah, just talk to yourself. <laughs> and then do then do the waiter's voice back at you, but don't do a racist impression. That's the thing. Yeah. It's, it's fraught with trouble, isn't it's it? It's fraught with trouble. Just go to the restaurant. You're much um, better off in a real restaurant. Have you always been fine eating in restaurants on your own? Or did comedy do that to you? Oh, I actually, did it for me. It's hard to remember because I've been doing comedy so long. Yeah. But I think I've always quite liked eating on my own. I think. Mm. I, I, I've always... When I was a student, I used to... 
uh, go to the cinema on my own sometimes yeah. if there was a dead swing, or I'd go to a gig on my own, a uh, music gig. Yeah. Cause, just because I was a big... If I was a big fan of something, um, or if the film was at a good time, that's what basically I would, I would never let not having someone to go with hold me back. And That's great. For years, people, like... Especially in, in the first half of your 20s, people will always go, who are you going with? Well, yeah, and they're yeah, amazed yeah. if you're doing it on your own. But um, That's so true, isn't it? Which meant that temporarily I was quite well suited to being a comedian, maybe. Because yeah. when I started going... It, when I was first getting booked, and I'd have like be going to Hull for a night on my own, and stuff like that that I never imagined. I, I, if there was an opportunity to hang out with other comedians, I would, but I never, yeah. I never daunted by the idea of... I think I've always quite liked my own company, which is yeah. really handy if you're a... You still get lonely sometimes, but... Um, I certainly if I'm in a restaurant on my own which does sometimes happen on tour I generally find it quite relaxing you yeah. often look at other people you look at like people that have clearly been together for 40 years oh, there's God, no real conversation so there you're watching a couple yeah. not talk to each other and you think well definitely rather be on my own than be those guys I <laughs> yeah. went um, yesterday I was in Anglesey and I went to this amazing place called Dillon's which I think there's three of all over different bits of Wales but um um, the one I went to is in Menai Bridge, and they and they do like great mussels that they've got from the yeah. sea right there, the Irish Sea right there, and um, or the Menai Strait. And um, I, I I took the piss because it wasn't heaving and sat with this amazing view for the whole afternoon and worked. Oh, lovely, in there. yeah. But I had two two couples sit right next to me and have full meals and leave while I like drank coffee and took yeah. ages over everything. But um, the thing, as a comedian, you do know how to draw out a meal for yeah, as long as you possible. Really do, so often yeah, yeah. you. you have no option but to stay somewhere and work for four hours. It's so then true. You, you I learn. phone up in advance of that though because I don't want yeah. to piss them off. I was like, "Do you, I'm going to be a prick and ask if you've got Wi-Fi?" And they were like, "Yep, yep, yep." And I was like, "And I don't know how busy you are, but if I come and have lunch, could I? Do you mind if I sit there with a coffee then for a bit and do some work?" And they were like, "No, no, lovely." So I was Most like, people are absolutely you fine do with know it. If you yeah. Make a point of asking. You're yeah. right. It's just if you appear to be taking the piss. Yeah. <laughs> the longest meal I've, I think I've ever eked out was years <laughs> ago. I think it was just after I left uni and I was in Montreal. Me and my me and my brother and my mate went to Montreal um, yeah. for New Year. I was in Canada for a few months. So they came over and we went there uh, just for the hell of it, for New Year's Eve. Nice. And it was really fun, uh, but we had no money and it was uh, extraordinarily cold because oh, uh, that's what of year Montreal yeah. is. Um, so we wanted to be like in amongst it for the actual chimes and all the celebrations, yeah. but it was about six o'clock and we were like, well, we can't stand around this for five hours, we'll die. <laughs> so we found a restaurant and then basically just made dinner go from 6 p.m. to about almost five to midnight and nice. we didn't really we had very low budget for it so we were just having to work out what was the, the most time we could leave between yeah, ordering yeah. things and also how we what could element get away of with the meal would be the least disgusting freezing cold all of that stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I reckon i could still eat this in an hour yeah. <laughs> but yeah I, I think um it seems like even before as a comedian i've always had certain skills or um traits which make me suitable for it like yeah, yeah i'm happily I've got work still. I'll happily sit in a restaurant all afternoon if they don't mind. As you say, though, the only thing is there are places where if you get a laptop out and just order a series of coffees, they will look at you like, I mean, is this it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. if you've had, like, a starter Even if you've already eaten as much as you I always make sure I order a starter, one, because starters are my favourite thing, but also, like, then you're like, well, I am allowed the coffee as well as starter. You've got something under your belt. You can legitimately say, yeah. So true. I've gone kind of full circle, I think, a bit. Or maybe I can just feel it going back. I used to be really wary, especially of pubs on my own, and comedy's just fixed that because I like working in pubs. 
Yeah, um, you, you start to value... Pub, not one full of, like, people, but actually... No, but yeah, a nice, quiet... Pub. Well, a, a pub that other people would regard as having no atmosphere is normally perfect for comedians. Yeah. You just find a corner absolutely yeah, in dream. the middle of the afternoon sometimes, especially if it's... You come into the winter months and it's... You arrive in a town and it's cheerless yeah. and it's occasionally will happen upon a, a pub with a fireplace or something. No one's there because it's three in the afternoon. That's so absolutely it's perfect. Yeah, I think I always I'm always interested by people who are obviously understand. Sometimes you'd rather have a mate there, or but when people have some of like this dread of being anywhere on their own, like a restaurant yeah. or a pub or anything, often for legitimate reasons. Yeah. But I, I do feel sorry for them because. Uh, you're really without, limited. Without wanting to sound like socialist. Travel. Yeah, you really are. Yeah. It's a great pleasure to just be able to go off somewhere on your own and just yeah. sit up there for a bit. And, yeah, it, if you're a comedian, either you already are like that or, as you say, you'll become like that. Cause yeah, I learned it. I think own. I was quite gregarious and quite scared of being on my own and I learned it. And now it's just started to come, not full circle again, as in, like, I'm very happy to eat on my own and go to, I love going to the cinema on my own. That feels like yeah. the most decadent, lovely treat. It I mean, is. Especially Decadence if you've got kids. The, word, yeah. the joy That's of the going to sit somewhere, not even for work, for fun, for upwards of two hours. Once you've got kids, you, you have a very different idea yeah. of whether company is automatically <laughs> a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> true. Um, but now, weirdly, I'm like, oh, I don't... I think I, I just noticed the difference. This I've been away all this week and had two nights in kind of weird, be like guest houses and B and Bs, and then I had one night with a friend who's a really new friend. I don't know her that well, but she invited me, and I was like, "Oh, this is joyful to talk to someone all evening and yeah. and eat in someone's kitchen and and play with someone's dog and come actually." And I was like, "Oh, I do feel a little bit of my the tenderness of soul actually of any." That is the flip side. If yeah. you live as a comedian for long enough, then and especially coming out of a, a longish spell on the road then yeah. you do sometimes you are like someone in a movie that's come back from war and they've forgotten <laughs> yeah. what it's like to sit at a so table true. and have a cup of tea yeah also, you need both I think yeah. I think we're lucky to have a very freeing job but occasionally it can make you you can trace over down the country feeling quite cut adrift from, yeah. from everyone absolutely yeah. mm, I'm in my tongue Talking of which, I want to talk about that Celebrity Island with Bear Grylls that you did. I didn't get much more cut adrift than that. No, yeah. exactly. But also, did, didn't you nearly die from not having enough to eat on that? Well, we were quite... We were quite... Um, what the fuck was starved. it like? But also, it's really awful. they'd have let anyone die? <laughs> well, it's interesting. They it uh, seem to let people get horribly close. I noticed they've stopped doing it as, oh, a, really? as a celebrity show. Oh. They've gone back to doing it with members of the public. Right. Well, at least for this year they have. Okay. And they've changed the format, so it's now called... I haven't really watched much of it. I watched about 50 minutes of it. It's now called Treasure Island with Bear Grylls. I thought you were going to say it's called Normal People Island with Bear Grylls. Yeah. Civilian Island. Civilian Island. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it, it's, uh, it's like, um, I think, that, so now basically it's the same concept, which is can these essentially strangers survive, establish a community on an island, but there are cash prizes that they compete for now, which would make it even worse, because the yeah. only way we survived was because of the sense of community that you established yeah. with these other people. Um, so instead, it, the incentive's cash. I'm not sure I, if that's not I, morally much worse. Yeah, there's some sort of sh stick, like, you, you find money dotted about the island, and you can either share it amongst everyone or hoard it for yourself, so it becomes kind of game-playing oh, and stuff. Oh, fucking hell, Hunger Games. Essentially, literally. almost literally the Hunger Games. Uh, I wouldn't have lasted half an hour if I hadn't I felt we were I fucking they're careful of... about how much the people that are going on it need the money, well, then. Well, it's interesting. A lot of things are questionable about it. I, um, they've done a lot of health and safety, obviously their insurance. Course, yeah, stuff. Yeah. You have a lot of 
But they, well, I was going to say you have a lot of first aid training, but you really yeah, don't, actually. Really. We were there for two days before the actual process two began. Two days? Is that all the survival training they you They fly you there <gasps> on a Friday, and then by the Tuesday, you're on the fucking island. Oh, my God. And, um, and it's not even two full days. Two nine-to-five days of training, uh, which means they have to go so fast that it's like a bloke saying, so to, tra- to make a trap um, so you can catch food, basically you... And I'm not someone that can yeah. watch a thing. And no, then I need to be shown things about out. eight times. I so, think I'd be absolutely diabolical. So a couple of people were like, all right, so you just sling that over there, pull that, and you're like, I was like, hang on, wait, whoa, 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 wait, whoa, whoa. but then they're on to... So this is what happens with a crocodile attack. <laughs> oh, wait, my God. So the first aid training was basically, here's, this is a defibrillator, press this button, push that, and that'll save you. Like, has everyone got that? And you again, you, yeah, you, yeah. you feel like being back at school and you don't want to be the one that puts your hand up and says, I, no, I didn't get that. Fuck. So everything was like that. So, and we went on with... And then it pissed it down and the thunderstorms and all the rest of it. So any shelter that we were able to build was all blown away. But yeah, the main thing is you don't eat for... There just isn't any... Um, there's nothing to eat. There's just coconuts which you can like suck the juice out of and yeah. crack them with shavings off them. And then we had to... My job was... One of my, my jobs in the camp was to peel little limpets and things off rocks and then we right. would boil them. And, but you really are... Um, but that's just the tiniest amount of... Physically, it, the tiniest amount of it's food. It's like a couple of hundred calories a day, yeah. And you're, Shit, you're, you're really oh like... Oh, my God. I lost three stone. Oh, my it, God. Which a lot of people felt was enviable, but it's not the way you no, want to no, do no, it, no, I don't no, think. No. And also, fuck I wasn't very enviable. heavy to start with. I didn't want to... No, yeah, It's interesting. That. There's a kind of... Um, the, the show only makes sense if it's as close to the edge as possible because it is meant to be about survival it's yeah. not even like I'm a celebrity and stuff where by all accounts they do well for a start they can win meals yes. and stuff but via these challenges but I, I hear that even if they don't win them they, they get something they get some rice or something yeah. and so a lot of people assume that all shows like that but the whole thing with the islands is they, they want you to suffer as much as you like can it feels like the realest thing I've ever yeah. witnessed they, they don't even it's see it it's hard as a, to watch in a way that's like the jungle just isn't it's meant to be really unpleasant it's meant to be like uh, like they don't like to see it as a so called reality show they see it as a survival show it is an extension well, of Bear Grylls you watch people go mad because they're starving yeah they're starving. and it's funny that's what makes it good TV but there were yeah. times when like there's no one of the uh, contestants is a doctor one, one of the islanders is a doctor uh, which is part of their insurance I think so Arwen was a doctor from things like This Morning and right. like a, a minor celeb doctor who was lovely yeah. a woman called Sarah and all of us uh, I mean, she was a really nice person anyway, but even if she hadn't been, there was a real incentive to befriend her, yeah. obviously. <laughs> I was relieved that I I've did shamed, get on with her. I shaved uh, you a bit of coconut, Sarah. Yeah. Is there anything I can get you, just in terms of you potentially having to save my life? Well, um, can I offer you a limpet? So she had this rudimentary first aid kit, and then if there was oh an emergency, God. you had to call. We had a radio to call, yeah. the, but you have no contact with them apart from the emergencies. And even then... Uh, they're a boat ride away and it would take about 25 minutes and even then that would be if the I remember the bloke saying that's if the sea is favourable it's not yeah. always so basically if someone had a proper like yeah. an actual or heart attack or something or, something or, or something. a terrible yeah. yeah there'd be a limit to what Sarah could have done and we would have been I, I sometimes think looking back on it that do hope, people filming you have nothing to eat? no there's, there's five of them uh, the camera crew and they're never seen on or rarely seen yeah. on camera, but yeah, they live with. They're in the same situation. They don't. Oh, they, fuck. they suffer even more because they're doing all that, but they're also carrying these heavy. <gasps> so they were in a terrible state physically. Oh, they because they basically hire people um, who are specialists in okay. extreme filming. But even Fine. they were like, they were all saying, "Oh, I filmed in Antarctica. I've been in." But like, nothing's yeah. as bad as this because I've never not been fed at the time before. Yeah, Something yeah, about yeah. and it's interesting. As everyone knows, the lack of food and the lack of sleep. 
you get mad. Sends you literally yeah. crazy. All of your other problems are thrown out of proportion because yeah. you just can't think straight. And um, you do start to psychologically, you really... But the upshot of... And, oh, yeah, what I was going to say was, I, I, like, I hope this prophecy never comes true, but I sometimes think that... Uh, these the formats of these shows will be pushed further and further until there yeah, is a tragedy of, of some of kind. Yeah, because yeah. Um, the well, there's already the Love Island suicides that it, sort of it, like everyone sort of knows yeah. about, but everyone goes, "Well, it seems I that, the reaction years, to it, it seems to have been an enormous." Uh, what appears to be an overhaul of aftercare for people on reality. Yeah, but which not, is good, I think. Yeah, it's absolutely good, but it's the um, first step to... It, but in reaction to something that's so huge, exactly like you say, things are getting so much more extreme. They are. I think they sort of have to, because the idea of, oh, celebrities do a thing, is yeah. worn quite thin now. Yeah. So they have to be more extreme things. So that's you get like that Winter Olympics one where people have to ski jump oh, and Oh, the stuff, jump and where they all break all their legs. Their legs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that, that is a symptom of a society that's so bored that it, it has to make it's people do stuff that's celebrities off the precipice. Yeah. But we're all up for it. So, well, I mean, it's exactly. in the if it you, is sort of on us. If you saw a trailer where like, Christopher Biggins had to, had to fly a plane or something, you'd be like, yeah, all right. Then. <laughs> where the dog, the dog was a pilot, be like, yeah, Biggins going down. Yeah, unfortunately. Would, but also, it's telly, so you don't have that connection of reality. I no, know. that's right. It's a different right. thing to watching it. I remember live. most of us thinking at some point, I, I had no, no illusions about how rough it would be because I'd spoken to Josie Long, who did the previous yes, series, but yeah. also because. I'm not an adventurous person, particularly have no real survival skills. So unlike some of the people, I didn't go in thinking, this is an adventure or this will be a blast. Yeah. I just went in thinking, this is a challenge you've accepted and go for it. So I, I thought it was going to be horrible. But I, nonetheless, there is this moment where you, about five nights in, we were like flooded out. We were sleeping in this ditch. Lightning was cracking overhead. I've got phobia of uh, lightning, oh, a lifelong phobia. So I was absolutely terrified. Oh, and... Um, this bloke from uh, Ryan from Coronation Street, it was a lovely bloke, it was one of the celebrities, was on the radio going, and we felt like dicks because we have only been there for five days, but we were like, you, you're going to have to help us here because we haven't got anything to eat, we don't have a shelter, we haven't found any water yet, apart from we're just drinking the rainwater off leaves, and also, we might sort of, we think we're going to die in this, there's a clip of him going, we're fucking dying here, and um, but the producers, understandably, were like, I remember them using some phrase like, hunker down or we were just like uh, we should oh, just think you just hunker down till God. the morning and we had no idea how many hours off the morning was but and it I remember like with like murderous eyes he said they've just said we have to hunker down all of us were like and it the dawned fuck. on everyone like well this isn't just telly they are yeah. this actually is a real life no it's a, a type of torture they're doing but something that I took from it long term there are a lot of things that I've gained from it long term yeah. in terms of just my self esteem and my ability to dig deep and think okay you, you got this because I got a lot of self respect out of it because Amazing. but um, also I really do enjoy food more, even like. I was going to say, I want to know whether it's going to two and a half years on, but I still I, it, it cannot. No, I think anyone who's ever gone to and I, and I spoke to Jack Monroe about like, you know, anyone who's ever had a, a situation in their life because she's like where, starved basically. Yeah, and, if you genuinely, yeah. genuinely couldn't get food when yeah. you were starving, hungry. Yeah, it, that's a, such a visceral type of trauma. It really is. There's you remember no it. There's no way it can't change you. There's that's no right. way it can't. It, no way it can't change your relationship to fullness and hunger. No, it's true. Even though I was not like a, a victim of poverty or anything no, like no, that, no, even though I was also, aware it was the same a, situation. A, a, you were starving and there was no in food. your body. It's yeah. the same situation, yeah. which is I am desperate for food and I can't. And yet, ever since. The first um, the first meal back, the, for the first day or so, you have to just eat, like, fruit and drink water. and yeah, they, otherwise they, they you just keep it up. Otherwise, you will yeah. absolutely... You'll just, shit your body out, will just... You'll shit, shit it out instantly, it. yeah. Oh, they, um, so one of the previous contestants said to us, uh, as soon as I got out, I just... I had, like, a steak and a, a <gasps> load of lies. I just could not resist it. And 
She used some phrase like, it was like someone had turned the taps on at both ends. Oh, like, right, well, oh no. Without wanting to ask any more questions, yeah, I don't yeah, think I want that it. to happen to me. No. Yeah. Um, oh my God. So for about a, and in fact, a couple of the people on the island, despite these warnings, just Did were it. just demented with hunger. So yeah. they, but I was like, all right, I'll, I'll play by the rules. I ate like nothing but mango and whatever it was that we were. Then on the day two, you were allowed what to have something. What did that first thing taste like? Was it mango it was, the first thing you the, had? The, the very first thing was like, um, I think it was just uh, fruit, some mango and some pineapple and stuff like oh that. God, and then quite big flavours. If your mouth yeah, just had it, coconut. It, and... It's because we were in, we were, it's an island off Panama and there's a limit oh, to wow. what they could actually get you. It was yeah. quite, but then we were allowed, I think on the first night I was allowed chicken, just very plain rice, the plainest of food. But it was like, it oh, felt wow. like, this is amazing. And then eventually, about 24 hours after you live in a hotel, you're by now in a nice hotel and I ordered um, spaghetti bolognese on room Ooh. service and it was just the most functional of bolognese but I was eating every mouthful like this is, I need to go down and talk to the chef and say, this is, this is the absolute business. And it was, it was like a, what you'd think of as a normal sized portion of it but I was yeah. just like, there's so much of it. Even oh. after this mouthful, there'll be another mouthful. I was, um, and I had a, glass of red wine with it which was like yeah in fact the waiter the waiter brought it bolognese and glass of wine i picked it up and my hands were shaking so much i dropped the wine immediately oh no um, so it was all over my i was outside on this balcony the wine was swilling all over the the guy didn't even flinch presumably because they'd had other people from the island stay there so it's just like don't no worries i'll I'll come back another one of those Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. And then the next day I had um I had like obviously never been pregnant but I had what I can only imagine these sort of stereotypical cravings that, like yeah. irrational cravings that some people report yeah, when they're yeah, pregnant yeah. and um, I never had that much of a sweet tooth but I think because your sugar deprivation hits you in a different way yeah. I was like the whole time I've been on the island um, I've been fantasizing about jelly babies I want oh, wow. jelly babies I want mashed potato very specific foods yeah. I've always loved mashed but now I was like and um, 
So the day after that bolognese, you had to stay there one more day so you have medical checks and stuff. And there was yeah. a supermarket. Um, they said, don't leave the hotel, you're still not very well. You should. You must just rest up. But I'd, I'm physically quite active person anyway, yeah. so I'm not lying in bed all day. I, so when I found this supermarket, uh, obviously they didn't have jelly breakfast because we were in Panama and it's not a real yeah. thing, but there were Oreos. And um, oh. I just bought an unbelievable number of Oreos and just like chain ate these. Yeah. Um, and again, I was like, why have I never understood what an Oreo biscuit is? Like, this is, this <laughs> what is, this is unbelievable. An Oreo is. And ever since then, I've still... Sometimes I go home and my mum will make like bangers and mash or those mm. sort of comfort foods. And the number of times in my life I've really been like, oh, mum's made sausage and mash again, that's nice. That's my, oh, my favourite. But I wouldn't really feel it. All the, yeah, whereas yeah, now or I'm taste like, it this or is amazing. Have an emotional I've response. I've really learned to like emotionally oh, savour every mouthful of. Every time I eat food or drink wine these days, or I am like. I, I, basically what they call mindfulness, I suppose. Yeah, I, that's I, the most I made a specific gift. vow to do it. When yeah. I left it, I was like, all right something you can learn from this is there are so many things that make you enjoy life which you already have them you just don't understand it you, just, yeah. you, don't, you don't stop and and um, yeah like you say it hasn't really worn off that because I can still summon that feeling of we, we haven't eaten and we don't know when we're going to eat and yeah. there's 12 more days of this and I'm miserable yeah. so yeah it's a really that's extraordinary a lot, huge gift it is a gift it's, it's one of the I, I did the island because I, I, I had this idea that I was at quite. I, I was just in the in the throes of divorce. Right. I'd had a tough two or three years on all yeah. sorts of levels, and I, so I had this feeling that I had something to gain from it psychologically. That I it was like a reset. I would step back from my life and yeah. reset a bit, and it was what happened. Whereas a lot of people, like they looked good on the telly and they, it was a career boost. But in terms of the actual experience, they didn't gain as much from it because they were just like, well, that was horrible. And now it's over, thankfully. But yeah, it is true. <laughs> Basically, all of us know that eating well and stuff like that is such a massive daily gift yeah. but unless it's brutally taken away from you you'll never fully <laughs> unless it's you know. ripped from you because if you're a normal person you can't every meal go wow this is incredible you can try but you can and try that's and that's what I do is. try and do yeah, yeah. exactly and, we, and if you're busy it, it's, I, think it's, I think for the majority of people it's it's either money or time or both yeah. but the, the time is I mean I've yeah. I'm so lucky but the, I do I've, to carve time to really taste stuff is yeah. fucking hard actually but also yeah. that's also well your life um, is quite fragmented as a comedian yeah. I and mean, if you've got a kid as well yeah uh, like you, you don't yeah. but there is quite often there's often no excuse and it's on yeah. me and it's just actually it's a lifetime of training to I don't know of, of it's something I'm having to learn. I don't think it's you don't really teach we don't teach our kids it when they're or we stop at some point. No, because don't we? again I'm normally I'm so pleased that I've managed to sling some sort of food down the yeah, throat space. Exactly. Like, right, that's done, tea time is done, what's next? Bath and you bed, have like, such a fucked up logic, don't you? I got like a um my kid will eat anything but he's just started to be really um you know, a bit trickier and uh, just trickier about what he'll eat and he's he just like wants shit all the time he's really nearly four he's nearly four yeah um, so he's very willful but you know I just I, I was just going to tell a terrible parenting story that the other day I managed to get like a, a floret of broccoli and two bits of carrot like literally pick, pick them up with my finger into this huge child and just sort of go could quickly now and Look. then he'll let me throw it in <laughs> yeah um, but only because like then he knows he's like fair, yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. going to be in like a massive pudding I know. It's and you're like, well, that, the bulk of your meal has still been that, but I know that in that tummy is a green thing and an orange thing, and you so my work is done. Uh, you know, you can talk a lot about, and some parents will wang on about giving kids, you know, making broccoli into something, a treat oh. rather than a. But you can't, like, yeah, you good can't, luck. you're so embattled. You just, as you yeah. say, you're just proud of yourself that you've gotten to eat anything. Yes, right? so true. Um, five second rule yes or no? 
Or is it if it's been on the floor? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not yeah. squeamish about that. I'll let it go further than five seconds sometimes. Perfect. Again, even if I did used to worry about that, having two kids, it removes your sentimentality about food. So true. Just like, I'll eat this, you'll eat that. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. I've bragged so much, though, Mark, on this podcast about the shit that I let my kid eat off the floor and then one time, not that long ago, he got worms. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> and it was where I'd let him... Well, I'd not let him, I just failed to stop him climbing upon an outdoor table and licking some ketchup that had half dried off, off the wooden outdoor table that was I could see was next to a bird shit you do you just you get into this thing of like well we got away with it last time didn't <laughs> yeah. we like, you don't you, you hear about worms but he's not going to actually <laughs> he's got them he actually got them and um, and it, and his nursery phoned me to say he's got them so it was it was done in a, it it's, was, it's it a was discovered moment. in a shameful way <laughs> what's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten well yeah um I suppose one of one of the answers Apart is that the all the stuff on the island. The yeah, um, it's got to be. It, but also, it? yeah, the other. Um, I suppose I've. Um, yeah, I wanted to. All of it has been being put through stuff for TV. I wanted yeah. to the TV show where oh, we went really? round. Yeah, because you know, like, if you're like us, sort of fairly game and yeah. grateful to be on the telly a bit. You're yeah, like, all right, yeah, fine, yeah. what do you want to do now? Yeah. Within reason. I did this travel log uh, around South America, which was an amazing gig to get for Henning, with uh, Henning, rather, Henning, awesome. which was football-related. It was um, in the run-up to the World Cup in Brazil. So it was an amazing show. But um, uh, one day in Brazil, they made us eat all this various types of offal and stuff. And it was like, this is a, it was a blind tasting. It was like, now, today you're going to try a Brazilian delicacy. It was all different types of... Uh, the stomach, the linings of stomachs of various oh. things and stuff like that. It's probably no more grim than eating, you know, a sausage, sausage or the pie yeah. I've just had. Yeah. But it was difficult. And because of the way TV is, because we were filming, it had to be done by a particular time. I seem to remember it was like 11.30 in the morning or something. <laughs> I was only just... I like, just had breakfast. Yeah, and I, I, this no has been sense. sprung on me. I've eaten most of the terrible foods I've had have been because they're trying to impress the viewing public, basically, yeah, or, yeah. or going along. I'm not very... I won't narrow... Uh, rarely order adventurously in right. a restaurant because of this fear that everyone else's meal will come out and you'll be like oh, oh why didn't I just play it safe that friend of mine I mentioned uh, the, who went to the Fat Duck with uh, Corey has got this extraordinary thing where she deliberately orders things that she doesn't think that she likes in order to <gasps> retrain her palate wow and so with the exception of she's never got into prawns but almost any other food she will enjoy she'll because make herself she's enjoy. like disciplined which is yeah, a, but also a that admirable does happen. thing I've yeah. very rarely had stuff that I don't like but like this I didn't for years I didn't like parsnips and then something just changed like in my 20s and then I've you do realise after mid-30s, a bit yeah you're like, like I didn't like beetroot and everyone goes oh you just haven't had it nice enough or you haven't had it like this or whatever and be like, I fucking try it, made myself try it again and again and I do like it now it does work it's funny what you can be wrong about isn't yeah. it I held out against <laughs> olives for a long time I really I also didn't think that I liked tartar sauce I used to I've never <gasps> Never have it with fish, and then no idea why. I think it's because I'm not much of a cheese person. I had this idea that oh, it was yeah, really you said cheesy. You don't like cheese. I don't no, it's mayonnaise and gherkins. Yeah, and it turns out it's and lovely. Stuff, it? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was about 33, and I thought, Christ, I've wasted a I've lot had of time. 33 years without tartar sauce. I've had, a lot of my 30s has been um, having to be humble about foods that I had dismissed. Right. Yes, yeah, so true. What, and, and tell me about dislike of cheese. Is it a, a blanket thing or is it a cheddar you don't like? It's almost a blanket thing, but yeah, the main thing is strong tasting plain cheeses like cheddar or or actually, is it well, textural? Is it? Or do, well, I can understand how they might really be feel a bit burny in the mouth. Actually, it's hard to know. I, I was, I didn't like cheese sandwiches as a kid when it was right. probably like horrible cheddars and baby yeah. bars and that sort of thing. And my mum, uh, understandably, tr- tried really hard to change my mind in that parental spirit of you must, you must yeah, have a bit of everything. Yeah. So I 
developed an aversion to the whole idea of cheese because <laughs> I associated it with these arguments. Oh, of like, no. In fact, she was one for, like, gentle bribery as well. Yeah. Like, oh, you can have some <laughs> jelly, baby, you have some fruit pastels if you yeah. just eat this cheese. So I associated eating cheese with a thing that you did under duress in order to oh, win prizes. God. So I think a lot of it is psychological. Sammy, but yeah. if there's also... A, I have a slightly heaving reaction to, like... My worst ones are soft cheeses, brie or, or camembert. My... Um, when someone's baking a camembert, the smell, smell of that, that is, I can't be doing it. Um, it's just biological, isn't it? There's not yeah, stuff like that when it's like the smell of it, the sight of it, the everything of it. When people bring a cheese board out in a restaurant, really? and it's like, you know, that you've had a lovely meal, and then instead of dessert, people are like, I tell you what, we'll just get a cheese board. Oh, I the, love that though. Well, Mark. what's painful is I can really see how nice it is as well, right, especially right, as right. a wine drinker. Everyone's like, yeah. oh, we'll have, a bit, we'll have another bit of wine, and we'll have a, like, I can. And you can it's, watch people enjoy it. You can see how people enjoy I, can, it. I lose my I can, shit about it. Over ultimately, a I can really believe it. Yeah, yeah, because it's not. There's really no middle ground. People, but cheese it's board, unsociable. More or less if the smell is really, <laughs> that's the thing. <laughs> so cheese board comes out and people are like, oh my god. Yeah, that's the thing. I can't even be. Or the smell of parmesan. Even I, I, there's yeah. something. But then again, as you get older, I used to think I couldn't stand mozzarella, but. I've always been fine with it on stuff like pizza and things because you don't yeah. really taste it. Mozzarella doesn't taste it. But then these days, yeah, sometimes even with chunks of mozzarella, yeah. you start to realise, ah, oh, it's fine, feta's fine. Yeah. So I, I imagine I might mellow towards all of it. I, I feel like getting older is a gradual process of revising most of your opinions on <laughs> Every everything. Every opinion actually. you ever had, it's so, <laughs> so true. Yeah, like a lot of food related, but or also. Or do you think just um, realising you're less sure? That's what I'm finding. That, I think that's like, probably oh, true. Everything I was pretty finite on, there probably is an understandable reactionary opinion. And I think that is a sign of greater intelligence or like greater emotional maturity. I'm suspicious of people that have got very binary views on or that, that get are sort more of narrow as they get older. Yeah, yeah. because how do you, surely if you've not yet, if you live long enough, or you all you learn is that you don't really know anything and yeah. you, 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 like there aren't many opinions I hold which I wouldn't be prepared to revise if I met someone that I thought yeah. knew better than me yeah, what they're talking it's about so true and uh, food is one of those but it's a good rule for life as well it's a great, lovely don't commit rule to your opinions so much that you, you won't you can't hear yeah because even at 40 I'm 40 next year they're still I'm still constantly meeting people that make me reassess things and think, you know and if you don't have that then well, then you become one. Those yeah, people yeah. that are in their seventies who think they know everything, and well, it's you're just fucked. unhappy. You know, I can see why people do that because there's a safety in in um, yeah. in the com- there's a comfort in. It's in, quite threatening to suddenly have to, yeah, to think. Oh, hang on. What if I was wrong about loads of stuff? But I, it can also be quite liberating. Oh, well, shall we talk again in a decade and see if you like cheese? <laughs> it would be a good, be a good like real slow burning podcast actually. Yeah. You'd like cheese, but also be very far right wing, Mark. It'd be really <laughs> yeah. terrible. And was, I'd have been like, oh, I wish it hadn't. I, I'd have sacrificed the cheese. Yeah, I was um, wrong about cheese, but I was also wrong about liberalism. Say <laughs> scrumdiddlyumptious. And then you can be in my podcast. A mad world leader trips over on a televised trip to a local park where the whole point is that they were meant to be making it look like they loved parks uh, and they were right at home there. Instead, this one's fallen over, probably on a molehill or a divot. Yeah. Very overwritten, this. Um, As a result, uh, they decide to criminalise all grass and grass-covered areas and work begins immediately demolishing all fields and green areas. This guy's out of control. This is especially terrible news for Wales. Uh, In great news, uh, he's agreed not to go through with this demolition of all things green, but only if you, and weirdly it does have to be you, do 200 prisoner get-ups. Do you know what they are? No, I don't think so. It's where you sit cross-legged 
and then you lie back on the floor and then you do a sit-up and you have to lift yourself right up yeah, into right, a standing position. Which, which, if you watch it on YouTube, looks quite easy, but I had a go at it the other day and I, I can only do three and I can only do them if you then, once you stood up, you're allowed to sort of fall over forwards a bit. So they're very hard, is my so point. So 200 of those in yeah. exchange for not... And it's a sort of saving the planet, really, the, yeah. yeah. It sounds impossible, but, but you do it! But you're obviously... And that nothing bad happens to the planet. You go down oh, in history as the man who saved the planet. I feel great, um, yeah. And also, you're pretty kind of physically exerted. Oh, I imagine <laughs> so, I am, yeah. Um, so in that kind of, like, post-exertion but post-shower happy afterglow high of hunger... Your main prize in the moment is the feast of your dreams. It's basically a happy version of the last meal. Yeah, right. Nothing <laughs> yeah. has to be possible, nothing has to be healthy, ethical, anything like that. And it's not going to have any impact on your body or how you feel. This right. is just okay. about the So, yeah, you're right. It's like a death row meal, but yeah, a celebratory exactly. one. Exactly. So, yeah. I'd want to know what you're eating, what you're drinking, and if there's a who, with, and where, then who, with, and where. You're right. It's a massive setup for, yes. like. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but I can they get see, longer every podcast. I get it though because you can't just ask what would your last meal be because I have been asked that before. And yeah. if you're, I'm too literal minded, I immediately start thinking yeah. about the circumstances of, of yeah. my death. Yeah. I, so I think, I mean, I'm tempted by like an enormous lasagna or something yes. because you'd want to like carbo, like yeah. replenish the carbs sort of thing. Yeah. But as I've mentioned, um, sausage and mash is my greatest pleasure okay, food wise, I think. So I think we're looking at. Uh, my, I, I want mustard mash, ideally. So, oh, lovely. Like, what know, sort of mustard? Like a Dijon or like a seedy whole, one? Whole great oh, seedy mustards in a mash. Oh, yes. Um, proper, like fancy sausages like you get. Nice. Like pork and apple. Or, not yeah. too fancy, just nice. But from a butcher's, um, maybe. From a butcher's, you know. yeah. And then... But, Beans rather than peas, I think. Ooh. Baked beans, sausage mash and beans. What, People, just standard Heinz? Or have you got a fancy Heinz is fine. Yeah, Heinz actually is fine. Fact, if anything, they shouldn't be fancy because um, I think my mum's cooked this as well because then nice. it has this That's extra lovely. comfort. That's lovely. And she'll be full. I mean, um, so I'll have it um, back in Bristol with my mum and my girlfriend, I think. Um, oh, lovely. Although she doesn't, she wouldn't really like But I guess my mum could do something else for her. Yeah, she, she can have what she likes. Else. Yeah, 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 cool, yeah. cool. Um, and then... <laughs> I'm not normally a desserts person, but I would probably try and get my get my money's worth out of this because it's yes, yeah. So uh, there's an apple, an apple and blackberry uh, crumble. I think Ooh, I'd have because again, my mum makes it nice one of those. And if my mum will make all this, then that saves on the budget for it. I know that there's money <laughs> oh, no object, believe. but like this isn't. We don't have a budget. This is the, the budget. I know, is it, I know, is it infinity? <laughs> don't like to be in any trouble. Oh. So basically, <laughs> just the ultimate. Comfort food. But the would other you thing have is, with the crumble maybe a custard or an ice cream? Uh, or something? Ice cream, yeah, vanilla ice cream, ice cream okay. to sort of uh, you know and it melts and it sort of droops oh, all over yeah, the crumble. Very the nice stuff. And um, my mum is also one of these really doting mums, so she'd be talking the whole time about how impressive it was that I saved the world. Yeah. She'd be showing me newspapers. Presumably there'd be quite a lot of coverage. She would have yes. she would have archived all of that kind of sort of thing yeah, she does. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be good for the ego as well as for the body. I think this Superb. meal. Really oh, looking God. forward to this now actually. I am. Um, the prisoner get up is going to be tough, but I think it's like <laughs> get training. Oh, cool. um, thank you so much for doing this. It's been really fun. Yeah. Also, the, it's, the sun's even come out since we've been here. It's it gorgeous. feels like it's faded. Mmm, delicious. Follow Mark on social media. He's called at Watson Comedian on Twitter, and very funny he is there too. He's got some brilliant new material nights coming up that he's sharing with the also very, very funny Sophie Hagen. They're going to be on Tuesday nights at the Tap Room on Upper Street in Islington uh, throughout the autumn and winter, I think. And they're only a fiver. 
They're bound to be so good, so look them up and go and watch. Come and see Hoovering Live in Manchester in a few days. That's the 13th of October. It's in the afternoon. And come and watch my stand-up too, if you like. I'm doing my show Hench at the Soho Theatre in January, through all of January. It's on there in October as well, but it's all sold out then. And then I'm taking it on tour from February. And that's very exciting. I'm going all over the place, all over the world even. But the first sort of, I think, 20-ish dates are all on sale on my website. I would love you to come and see that show it got nominated for best show at the edinburgh festival and um i'm very proud of it it's all about strength i think you'll like it i, th- I think you think you're, in, you're into this podcast you'll like it and um, go to my website jessicafostercute.com i list all the hoovering lives and all of my tour shows and all my other gigs as well there too follow the podcast on social media at the hoovering pod follow me too why not at jessica foster q Huge thanks to Acast for hosting the podcast. Hoovering is produced by Emma Corsham and the music is by Mike Greenway. Until next week, happy hoovering. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.